You are tuning into Latino Politics and News with Tony Diaz on 90.1 FM, KPFT, Houston, Texas. The era of Hispandering is over. joining us for the press conference. This is a new coalition that is uniting to pick up the work that's begun by many. Some recently, when we've seen the passing of ethnic studies at the statewide level, some for decades, who've been fighting for ethnic studies across the country for almost 50 years. But today, we marked a new era because the Texas State Board of Education are talking about some issues regarding policies that affect history and culture. They will vote on that in the next few months. We want to make sure that they've got all the information they need. We want to make sure the public's involved. And we have assembled then some of the leading organizers, intellectuals, and leaders that can talk about this. So first off, we are going to have Val come up to us, or Chris Christopher Carmona from our National Association for Chicano Studies. He is the chair of the Tejas Focal Committee, K-12, Mexican American Studies Committee, He's going to come up and address you to kick off our press conference and give you another context about what we're talking about. Please welcome, from the Valley, that's the longest drive. You win the award for the longest drive, Dr. Christopher Carmona. Thank you guys for joining us today. We're here, to, um, once again, it's at the uh, State Board of Education because we're going, they're going to be start to discussing the changing of the social studies teams um, this round of today and this morning. One of the things I wanted to go to, things that we've been doing over the past few months in particular is um, working to kind of bring all of the, the, the ethnic studies coalitions together here for Texas for this, for this particular thing. And so um, just a couple days ago, we did agree to kind of form this ethnic studies coalition for, for Texas schools. And uh, that's brought together a lot of different people that are going to be speaking here today. And um, one of the things that I want to go ahead and, and um, find my statement. Get started is to talk about what this, this is all about, one of the pressing issues that we're seeing not just here in Texas, but across the country. And um, that itself is censorship. And censorship itself, you know, has raised its ugly head. And we've been advocating expanding public school curriculum that includes underrepresented groups like Mexican-Americans, African-Americans, indigenous communities, Asian and Pacific Islanders, and of course, gender and women's studies, which we are trying to also um, get past at the, you know, get these courses going. But this past, um, this past year, the, the Texas legislature has engaged in a campaign to reverse a lot of the work that we have been doing. Um, with the passage of House Bill 3979 and SB3, which has limited the, um, the, the teaching of certain things, right? And a lot of that is really um, looking at limiting the teaching of American or US history and the public school system. The problem is that these bills and now the law are calling for censorship with the base argument of reverse discrimination that accuses our schools of knowingly and purposely making quote unquote white youth feel responsible for the racial sins of their father. The SBO, E is now called being 
called to embrace this hateful censorship and in the process discard two of its bedrock principles. That verifiable and trustworthy history serves as the foundation for our state's ethical principles in the profession and the ongoing oversight work of the SBOE. The directive from the legislature and the governor's office, in other words, not only pros proposes to censor the teaching of subjects regarding to race, it also questions the in integrity of public servants and public servants in the SPOE and the good judgment of well over 300,000 professional teachers and educators in Texas. You know, members of the SBOE and the general public should consider this legislation that it, and the intent behind it. According to the state representative Steve Toth, who is the author of the initial bill, the teaching of race in the 1619 project, uh, quote unquote, caused harmful classroom activities and a racial discriminatory curriculum, end quote. And his, in his letter to the fellow legislature, Toth offered evidence, evidence only of one single book that teachers from the Dallas Highland um, school system supposedly recommend, was recommended by one of their teachers. Um, that book, and um, according to the, the representatives from that area, didn't actually, no teacher had ever brought that book up at all, just to make that clear. But this is one of the arguments that they used that this book, which was circulated during the legislature, um, taught basically um, discrimination against white students. And this, and this is what there was the basis for this. This book itself has never been taught in a public school system. Um, and so what we have here in, um, you know, all the, the, the other thing he talks about is the suicide amongst children um, of between 10 and 14 that has exploded in the past years, the past 11 years particularly. And he, he cites that the reason for this is the teaching of race. Um, ignoring the fact that students of color have been having lots of suicide. Uh, there's low rates for them have also tripled since 2016, which is another reason. So using that in itself ignores the larger context of the problem. Um, according to the American Medical Association, they found that while parents may be tempted to shelter their children from issues that they find unfavorable or offensive, they may be restricting the child's ability to grow and learn at the same time. These restrictive worldviews are the seeds of bigotry, with the implications being that anyone who believes differently you must be foolish or misinformed. This is coming from the medical, uh, American Medical Association, who believes that teaching diverse histories and is actually better for students' mental health than shielding or censoring their learning of different subjects. So our goal as educators and parents is not to create obstacles to a healthy understanding um, so that our children can be more productive members of society. This is not a partisan issue. According to the CBS News poll, 80% of Americans favor the teaching of issues related to race and the country's history of racism. The author of the subsequent report concluded the idea that the teaching about race makes students feel guilty about past generation or makes them less racially tolerant gets little traction with most Americans. Right now we're facing a massive shortage of teachers in the classroom and this specter of censorship and ban book banning has only served to add undue stress on the already overburdened profession. Moreover, censorship spreads fears of others and the banning of book does nothing more than foster anxiety and dread when learning should be purposeful and enjoyable. 
It is the fear that the framers of the Constitution wrote about when they to ensure the First Amendment freedom of speech as its core democratic principle. So this cherished core value has been under attack for the past hundred years. And according to the AFL-CIO, which underscored the fact that the guarantee of, of access to a free and quality public education should be a right accorded to every child in this country. Securing the guarantee should be a goal and a value that unites all Americans and is supported by public policy and policymakers at every level. Clearly our lawmakers are seeking to curtail an honest and diverse teaching of history and contemporary society in the process hinders our children's ability to fully understand and appreciate the complexity of this world. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. That was Dr. Christopher Carmona, chair of the Knox Tejas Foco Kindergarten to 12th grade Mexican-American Studies Committee. Uh, I would just like to reiterate one point that he made. Some folks that oppose our movement claim that such things as critical race theory are discriminatory. As Dr. Carmona clearly stated, we are not here to discriminate. We are here to make sure that every culture can tell its story and we don't want ours bad. Ese fue el Dr. Carmona, Christopher Carmona, uh, quiere ser muy claro lo que él dijo. Él dijo que hay buena gente que nos acusa de discriminar con este movimiento. Eso no es cierto. Lo que estamos exigiendo es que cada cultura puede expresar su voz, que cada alumno aprende de cada cultura y además jamás vamos a dejar que nos prohíben a nuestras voces también. is an ally from the Texas Freedom Network. You, you notice a lot of Latinos coming up here. I love it because they don't have to say they're Latino. I'm gonna point out that they're Latino. Why? We don't have enough Latino PhDs. We've got several in the room. We don't have enough black, brown, Asian American, Native American PhDs. We've got several in the room. Secondly, Texas Freedom Network has been a big partner for freedom of speech for decades, including when we're fighting the ban of ethnic studies in Arizona. I. I love them, and I love to see a Latina running the show. Please welcome Val Benavides. Hi, everyone. I'm Val Benavides, president of the Texas Freedom Network, an organization of more than 190,000 community and religious leaders and young Texans who support equality, social justice, and public education. Since its founding in 1995, TFN has monitored the State Board of Education especially its work adopting curriculum standards and textbooks for public schools. I am proud to say that TFN has been here with many of these and other scholars and advocates across the state and over the past decade in their successful effort to get the board to adopt Mexican American studies and then African American studies courses for Texas public schools. It took a long time and there were too many wrong turns by the state board. But ultimately, the board agreed that it was important that students have the opportunity to take courses focused on the experiences and contributions of communities of color in our state and nation. Stories long left out of our children's classrooms. 
the adoption of those elective courses were an important step forward. But we all said from the beginning that they were not a substitute for ensuring that the experiences of our state's diverse communities were appropriately addressed in the core social studies classes that all students are required to take. Unfortunately, certain politicians have suggested to voters that teaching about these experiences, particularly the history of, its, the history of discrimination in this country and its long-term consequences, is somehow a threat. They have passed legislation restricting what schools can teach about discrimination and inequality. They have demanded that schools ban books that discuss the history of racism and LGBTQ people. They have, in effect, sought to erase the stories of our diverse communities from the shelves of school libraries and public school lesson plans. It's not hard to see the cynical reasoning behind these attacks on teaching the truth. They hope whitewashing the past and stoking the culture wars will help them win elections. So I'm here today to call on the State Board of Education to put politics aside and ensure that the new social studies standards they adopt this year will allow public schools to teach the truth. Every child deserves an honest and accurate education that enables them to learn from the mistakes of our past as they help to create a better future for all of us. I look forward to working with these scholars and advocates over the course of this year through our Teach the Truth campaign in helping to ensure that the new social studies standards adopted by the State Board of Education teaches the truth and meets the needs of every student in the classroom in Texas. Thank you. And that is Val Benavides from the Texas Freedom Network saying, teach the truth. También yo quiero decir a la gente de habla español. Val es un ejemplo de lo que pasa con nuestra juventud cuando progresan con educación. Son capaces de ser líderes de cualquier grupo. Es todo lo que queremos, que ellos progresen. And I am going to take a little long to pre-introduce and then post-introduce our next speaker, who's Dr. Angela Valenzuela. Uh, one, she's from, she's homegrown. Two, she's also a leader in the field. Three, when Arizona banned Mexican-American studies 10 years ago, she was part of the evidence to overturn that racist law. And we know that law was unfair and unjust. unjust. Her book, Subtractive Learning, talks about different tactics that our youth are taught to disparage their own history when they get it. If you forgot that Arizona banned our history and culture. Think about this. The erasure of our history has been erased. Leaders like Dr. Valenzuela will not let that happen by teaching our history, inspiring the next era of leaders, and more importantly, creating the books that some fear, but so many of us are edified by. Please welcome La Mera Mera, Dr. Angela Valenzuela. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Tony, for your wonderful and generous introduction. I'm part of a community. Uh, we've all been working hard, laboring very hard. There's a long history. Uh, if you can take it back to uh, easily to the late 60s, early 70s, this is a legacy agenda that we have been calling for, which is 
the inclusion of our histories, cultures, languages, epistemologies, ways of knowing into the, into the school curriculum, into TEKS standards. Now we know that teachers can teach beyond and we certainly hope that they will do that and be inclusive in ways that we are talking about today. And we trust that many of them, if not most of them are because they are imparting their craft as they're in the classroom. But it, you know, I mean, a lot of this is, ends up being, I mean, yes, substantive in terms of include, you know, ABC, right, into the curriculum, but it's also symbolic. It's also symbolic of whether or not Texas cares about being inclusive and telling our stories in, in complex ways, not in reductive ways. It's symbolic in terms of uh, encouraging a school demographic that is increasingly uh, very racially diverse to be able to see itself like a mirror in the curriculum. A lot of what we're seeing in our schools, um, and, and this goes back to subtractive schooling that, that Tony mentioned, the, what I found in three years of study in a Houston school was that this, the, the children were alienated from school. They were alienated. They did not feel that the school cared for them, their cultures, their languages, uh, you know, just who they are, the totality of who they are. And then you overlay over that this whole, you know, high stakes testing agenda that, 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 that you know, it reduces children so, so oftentimes to a test score, to a number on a piece of paper, it reduces their schools and their teachers to a number and it creates these perverse incentives to further treat children like objects, right? To treat them as, as uh, test score generators and producers. Uh, I mean, let alone that that's far afield from what the educational mission should be, which should be the most sacred aspect of what we do, of what we carry out as a community and as a state. It, it should be sacred. What could be more important than the enterprise of educating our children and our youth? What could be more important, right? And so, I mean, let alone that that is happening, this extreme objectification of youth, but what is also not happening, and that is a huge uh, uh, opportunity cost, and not only for children of color, but for white children as well, the massive opportunity cost is that by denying them their, their uh, uh, curriculum, their histories, their stories systematically, and in fact, the, the testing system, I mean, we often see that it structures out that curriculum because of a hyper-focus on raising test scores, right? But even without the testing system, we still have these, these uh, inequities that get reproduced over and over again, such that when children are denied their language, their cultures, their community-based identity, well, you know, we might be able to say that they're in jail, right? We might be able to think about it in, in those ways to understand what I believe is the beginning of the school-to-prison complex, which is that, that when you, you, you uh, uh, keep these knowledges, these, these, these stories, that you keep them hidden from view, well, you know, there's no, there, there's no sense of belonging, no sense of you know, feeling that you know, as, a, as a child, you or your community is part of the grand American narrative. You don't feel that you're part of this uh, American story, even if the objective uh, history and history telling has it, has it, has it. So if we think about Senate Bill 3, it is a policy, but it's also like in a context. Let's think about that context, okay? A pandemic, 
It's the context of the George Floyd killing, the racial justice matter that ensued. And, and before that, let's go back to 2010, more recently, for inclusion of ethnic studies in the curriculum, a lot of the reason we had the racial justice movement is precisely because so many of us educators for, year, for decades, for decades have, been, have actually been teaching the truth. We've actually been doing that. And so there was this spark that happened that is, is positive, that was moving in a great direction in terms of inclusion and, and, and diversity and outcomes that we should all care about. Right? I mean, why do we want to reproduce a society that is closed-minded, that is narrow? There's, we're not serving children. We, they are not well served by a curriculum that does not teach a complex history of these stories. And that is not the same as saying that we want to teach narrowly to Mexican-Americans or African-Americans. We're all complex within, within this research. We, we look at intersectionalities. You're not just Mexican-American or Latina. You're, you know, maybe you're an immigrant. Maybe you're undocumented, right? Maybe you're experiencing gender oppression, right? Or maybe you're Afro-Latina or, or you're African-American and you're, you're lesbian, right? Why aren't we teaching LGBTQ studies? Why aren't we teaching disability studies? We act like there's one normative frame, one cultural mode. Well, let me tell you, that's what Senate Bill 3 would have us believe, that there is one normative frame, and that is fascism. That is the putinization of public education. What is Putin doing right now? I mean, to me, the ironies are just screaming. What he is trying to do, and he's doing, uh, clearly with his own people, not with us, but he is crafting the narrative. He is telling you what to think. Well, that's... I mean, are we not understanding that that's what Senate Bill 3 is also asking us to do? It's mind control, it's thought control, as if it's even tenable. We're only one click away from knowing the history of our, of our communities today. We're in, in a different context. So I, I just want to um, take the smoke out of all of this. This is a smoke screen. This is a smoke screen for white hegemony, for non-inclusive curriculum, and so that, you know, uh, even if it's a, a cost to them, which it will be a cost to white children to not know about the complexity of their own context, it's a, a chance worth taking for people that are fascist. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Angela Valenzuela, for going there. I do want to point something out. How was our history erased? Dr. Valenzuela's work? and legend should be household news. She is a Latina icon. And on that note, she's an often Latina icon. On Friday, April 29th, we're doing a Libro Traficante caravan with buses coming from San Antonio and Houston. But we're leaving Houston from our mural for five Latina icons. In Houston, Texas, we have a mural for our five Latina icons. There's more, but that's one thing. We've got five emerging Latinas who will kick off our caravan there and demand that Latinas be in classrooms as teachers, students, as the topics, as the textbooks. They're going to come here to Austin on that caravan. We're going to wind up at the Capitol. And what we're demanding is simple. Truth, what you heard now, history, our cultura, everyone's cultura. Where is Austin's Latina icon mural? We're going to Recognize five Austin Latina icons, including Dr. Valenzuela, 
because we cannot let her history. Yes, there's applause right here. Because she is a Latina icon. And if you can't name five of them, we're making five from Houston. We're naming five for you today. And that should be in the classrooms. And if it's not, we're studying underground libraries to make sure you get that information as well. another part of our larger coalition is the ethnic studies network of texas two more phds because that's what happens when you have access to these books please welcome two gifted intellectuals and community organizers valerie and eliza as members of the ethnic studies network of texas composed of over 800 ethnic studies content experts educators students parents, and community organizers, we propose a series of recommendations to help guide the current social studies TEKS review process. We offer a vision of an education built on a solid foundation of the following three values, honesty, healing, and hope. In this vision, education serves the needs of all learners with the purpose of, build, of building a thriving unified future rather than serving the needs of political interest. As a community dedicated to the success of every child in our K-12 education system, we believe our curriculum should be reflective of the diverse populace and share an honest account of our nation's history so that we may be able to heal from painful histories and move toward the hope of a brighter future for our collective community. Specifically, we mobilize the term honesty to include recognition of the original Native American Indian and indigenous inhabitants of what has become the United States of America, as well as the lived experiences and contributions of the diverse peoples and communities of color that have helped shape the country and to what it is today. The recognition of these historical truths about our nation's past will lead to the healing of our divided community and will provide hope to future generations in our ability to work with mutual respect and emotional intelligence across party lines to grow and build collaboratively. Our vision of education is not based on outdated notions of assimilation, but instead draws from the collective strength across our differences so that we can think thoroughly about our interrelated lives to build an interdependent future. Together as families and caregivers, educators, administrators, the community at large, we can shape a curriculum that produces compassionate global citizens and servant leaders of tomorrow. Hope lives in the knowledge that our youth will be prepared with strong problem-solving skills and social-emotional capacities to meet current and future challenges, having learned and healed from the lessons of the past. Therefore, we ask the Texas State Board of Education to move to accept the following recommendations. As the Ethnic Studies Network of Texas, we're very proud of the community-based and generations-long struggle that succeeded in the State Board of Education being the first in the nation to approve standards for Mexican-American studies and then African-American studies. Um, they're going to revise these TEKS in the social studies process. So the recommendations that I'm reading are specific to um, those ethnic studies courses and the how to how they go about um, uh, doing that work. 
We ask that the proposed ethnic studies working groups be composed of content experts from the disciplines of Mexican-American and African-American studies, including K through 16 educators who have taught ethnic studies courses and content advisors who help to craft the innovative and elective courses for each field of study. We ask that a working group be developed for each ethnic studies course with relevant content experts and with input from content experts regarding their composition. We ask that working group recommendations be released at least two weeks prior to being discussed and reviewed by the State Board of Education members so that the communities who help to write these courses have time to properly review them. We ask that the State Board of Education maintain fidelity to the meticulously researched content, curriculum models, core themes, and historical periodizations of Mexican-American and African-American studies. Thank you. Muchas gracias, mis colegas. Colegas estaban uh, teniendo unos pasos muy específicos para darles a los oficiales para que implementen policías que apoyen a nuestra comunidad. That is all that we're asking for. Uh, I am a proud educator. I teach Mexican American Studies. I am a proud member of the American Federation of Teachers, and I'm very proud to bring to the stand our statewide president, Zeph Kappel. Please come on up, Thank you, Tony. My name is Zeph Capo, and I'm the president of the Texas AFT. When schooling went remote in 2000 due to the pandemic, parents were given instant and complete insight into what it meant to be a teacher, and teachers were rightly hailed as some of the heroes of the moment. When students returned some months later, but campuses remained largely closed to parents, bad actors in the legislature exploited this lack of visibility to sow doubt in communities and elevate false and divisive narratives about schools and teachers. Abbott in particular has been looking to scare parents by focusing his attention on cheap political tricks that mischaracterize classroom learning and the content in books. But we will not let him distract us. The real focus should always be to make sure every single child has an opportunity to succeed inside and outside of the classroom. We should trust that teachers will teach the standards adopted by the SBOE by making local decisions about the content of the instructional materials and the contents of libraries. Teaching empathy is not classroom activism. In fact, through other legislation passed last session, the legislature has told us that concern for the common good and humanity, respect for justice, and the rights of others, as well as the recognition of multiple perspectives, differences, diversity, biases, and the social and cultural context in which they live are in fact essential learning for all students in the state. This isn't just about the future of our children's learning. It's also about whether we will continue to support and strengthen a democracy that we have known for hundreds of years. Academic freedom is a cornerstone of our very democracy. 
And when it is threatened, just like when the free press is threatened, our democracy is threatened. All young people deserve an equitable education and to prepare students for the future, they must learn the history and cultures of indigenous communities, people of color, LGBTQIA and other communities as we become a more global society. I wanna thank TLEAC and the other organizations here for the opportunity to stand with you and speak out today. I wanna to thank you for standing with our educators as they vow to teach the truth to our kids and our communities. Because we know this isn't about some kids having their feelings hurt or even about parent involvement in education. This is about power and what some in our legislature are willing to do to hang on to it. Our educators are literally teaching truth to power every day because our students are the key to who will hold power in this state. Those in power right now don't want them hearing the truth because it's not a good look to young people who don't harbor the hate and fear that so many of them use to stay in power now. Now Dan Patrick wants to double down on hateful rhetoric by introducing his version of the don't say gay bill in Texas, more distraction and hate mongering. Everyday Texans would all be better off with a don't say Dan bill. <laughs> Who wants to carry that one? Once again, thank you for standing with our kids, our communities and our educators. And I know that, and know that Texas AFT will always have your backs. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I want to repeat the new <laughs> initiative, which don't say damn bill, which is, is very humorous, but let's get something straight. I also want to remind folks, Dan Patrick also said he's going to go after professors at the university level who teach critical race theory. Who are those professors? They are teachers that teach African-American history and Mexican-American history. That's the actual target. So we're organizing right now to make sure that our history and culture is not attacked or erased. remind folks that this is a brand new phase of our movement. We're bringing in together many strands for this next effort. This is the convening of the Ethnic Studies for Texas Schools Coalition. Very happy to bring another one of our partners, colegas, familia, to speak with you. Uh, please give a warm welcome to Maggie Stern from the Children's Defense Fund. Thank you, Tony. My name is Maggie Stern. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm the Youth Civic Education and Engagement Coordinator with the Children's Defense Fund of Texas, or CDF. We're really proud to join our partners here today, calling on the State Board of Education to support all young Texans as they revise the social studies essential knowledge and skills. Throughout this process, the State Board of Education must teach a truthful and diverse history, stand up against censorship, and equip students with the civic skills they will need to be lifelong engaged members of their communities. The Children's Defense Fund was founded in 1973, rooted in the civil rights movement and the mission to ensure that every child has a healthy start, a head start, a fair start, 
a safe start and a moral start in life and successful passage to adulthood with the help of caring families and communities. From our Freedom Schools program to our Youth Texas Advocacy Initiative, we know that mission requires supporting young people to learn from the past, understand the present, and prepare for the future with hope, education, and action. The State Board of Education serves all students across Texas, representing a wide variety of backgrounds. Tens of thousands of young Texans belong to the LGBTQ community. Nearly 70% of Texas children are Black, Latinx, Asian, or Indigenous. Moreover, young Texans today are living through historical upheavals, with more access than ever to information about current issues and global affairs that affect their lives. 19% have experienced child poverty, 13% are uninsured, over 14,000 Texas children have lost a primary caregiver to COVID-19, and millions have experienced the trauma of the pandemic disrupting and threatening their lives. We cannot expect young people to walk into their classrooms divorced from these realities, and we cannot respond to their demands for honesty and healing by censoring, whitewashing, or politicizing their classrooms. Young Texans deserve an education that recognizes, celebrates, and helps them navigate the rich complexities of their lives. Instead of censorship, we must demonstrate the values of free speech and civic engagement by encouraging young people to get involved by registering to vote, contacting their elected officials, and serving their local communities. Instead of whitewashing, we must uplift the stories and experiences of the diverse communities of Texas. These narratives must include not only an honest account of historical and modern discrimination, but also the many powerful stories of resistance and advocacy from Texans working together across race, class, and background to make changes that improve all of our lives. Students deserve to be able to see a world of possibility for their futures. And that starts by showing them real examples of leaders, innovators, and thinkers who they can relate to and who empower them to tell their own stories. There is room in our classrooms for a multiplicity of stories and perspectives that allow students to grow and understand the world around them better. And instead of politicization, we must strengthen relationships between students, families, and teachers without the divisive interference of politicians who are more focused on preserving power than on caring for or listening to young people. Because the truth is that this vision of a diverse and honest education is a vision that Texas students and families have been fighting for in their local school districts. I wanna highlight three recent examples of students joining the work that folks that you've heard from today have pushed forward for decades. First, Texas students delivered a petition two years ago with nearly 16,000 signatures, urging the State Board of Education to adopt an anti-racist social studies curriculum. They asked for an education that not only discusses racism and resistance throughout US history, but also supports students to connect these lessons to their experiences of individual and institutionalized racism today. Second, Texas students and families have stood up against racism, homophobia, and discrimination in their local schools and pushed for their districts to adopt ethnic studies courses and equity plans that address disparities in student experiences and outcomes. And finally, Texas students are now organizing in their communities to stand up against a hateful wave of book bans that threatens to silence their voices, suppress their authentic selves, and limit their academic and professional futures. So let's listen to Texas students. Let's make sure that every single Texan has the opportunity for the full and truthful education they deserve. We join our partners to ask the State Board of Education to stand against censorship and stand for Texas students throughout this revision process to pass a truthful and diverse curriculum that nurtures the next generation of Texas leaders. Thank you. Thank you, Maggie, for reminding us to put students first and families first.
Um, next up, we want to acknowledge Mex American history. Uh, Sarah Zaneda Gould is the executive director of the Mexican American Civil Rights Institute. Uh, Sarah. Good morning. It's so wonderful to be here with you today to talk about education. My name is Sarah Zanaida Gould. I'm the executive director of the Mexican American Civil Rights Institute, an educational nonprofit that is dedicated to chronicling and advancing Mexican American civil rights history in the United States. We envision communities where all Americans are inspired by the Mexican American civil rights legacy and see themselves as participants and transformational leaders in the ongoing work of advancing democracy. As the State Board of Education undertakes a review of the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills, we ask that the committee members keep in mind the most recent data from the census, telling us what we've known for a long time, that our student body is increasingly brown in this state and in this nation. On top of that, the extensive research that demonstrates the positive educational outcomes associated with inclusive teaching of history, which includes the teaching of ethnic studies. This is so important to students to be able to see themselves in the curriculum that they're learning. And of course, let us not forget the rich history and contributions of Mexican-Americans, as well as, of course, African-Americans, Native Americans, Asian Americans, and so many others to advancing democracy in this state and in this country. As a society, we have a duty to provide young people with an accurate and honest telling of the past that allows students to thrive in the present while also grounding them with a strong understanding of not only their country's history, but also how they and their ancestors fit into that history. Parents should know that their children are getting an education that reflects truthful history and not myths or nostalgia for a past that may have never even existed. We're not a perfect country, we're not a perfect society, but surely we all hope to instill in young minds that creating a more perfect union, a union that embraces the history of all of its members is not only a possibility, but also a truly worthy goal that we can unite behind as a state and as a nation. Thank you. Muchas gracias, Sara, por el trabajo que tú y tu instituto hacen para hacer llegar por diferentes vínculos nuestra historia y la historia de los mexicano-americanos. Um, one of our last speakers, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we'll be around here to take questions uh, if you need any further information. Um, I'd like to bring to the stand in the grand narrative, Shayna Reyes. Know the history and be the change. Know the history and be the change. That's the rallying cry of over 900 students and Texans in the Grandin Narrative community. The Grandin Narrative is a student-led organization advocating for BIPOC narratives, that is Black, Indigenous, and People of Color narratives in Texas's K-12 schools. Students all over Texas want to learn BIPOC histories and narratives. We recognize that our K-12 education is lacking and demand the full and accurate history of our country be taught 
rather than the whitewashed one we have received up until now. Because students will ultimately bear the impact of the decisions made by the SBOE, their perspectives are important and must be included in this conversation. So to give voice to those Texas students, I'd like to share some quotes made by students from the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. Texas hosts a diverse community of students and our educational curriculum should reflect this body of students. Teaching students all sides of the historical narrative allows them to be open-minded scholars and leaders of the world, not just our community. It would be a dishonor to black and brown students to not properly teach them about their own history. There was so much we didn't learn about black culture as well as other cultures and their true struggles in history. We only learned part of it. I definitely think that my education was sorely lacking in anything related to modern social justice. I would have definitely benefited from that knowledge as it benefits our relationship with people of color in our community and all over the world. People need to be more equipped to enter into conversations about race, and it starts in our classrooms. BIPOC history is American history. It is the history of our state. The Grande Narrative supports this coalition as they are the experts in these topics. We join the fight because to be silent on the censorship happening in our schools is to deny education's power to combat racism, to heal communities, and to create the leaders of tomorrow. All students must have accurate, honest, and quality education in order to learn from the past and build a better future. Thank you, Shane. Shana from the Grand Narrative for bringing student voices because that's what this is about. Thank you for joining us. This has been a convening of the Ethnic Studies for Texas Schools Coalition. Uh, my name is Tony Diaz, writer, activist, El Libro Traficante. The Texas State Board of Education will be convening. And as we mentioned, this is going to be ongoing. We'll come back in June when they'll have some specific votes on this. Uh, in closing, what I'm going to say is, um, I guess we got to be intentional about this. I'm a Chicano. I'm proud to be Chicano. I stand with my BIPOC brothers and sisters. I support LGBTQ rights. I didn't know y'all were confused. So let's make it very clear. You ain't going to erase our culture. You ain't going to erase their culture. At the end of the day, we demand that everyone tell their story. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Tony Diaz. I want to thank Roxana Guzman, who is our producer for our social platform broadcast. Also, Rodrigo Bravo, who mixes our show and audio for KPFT 90.1 FM. Mark Andre Pignon is our graphics designer. Radmir Ortiz is in charge of our search engine optimization. Uh, Leticia Lopez helps us with music. And, of course, you, dear listeners, are always supporting us. Thanks a lot, and we look forward to seeing you at the arts.